Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into the music. Today's show is brought to you in part by Jasper Guitar Company in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Jasper's superior build quality combined with their patented device delivers enhanced harmonic overtones and longer sustain. Make Jasper your go-to guitar. Find them at jasperguitarcompany.com. And now, let's get into the music. Well, hello everyone. This is Rob and welcome to the show. We're going to go low on today's show. We've got bassist Chris Hanaway as our guest, and he's one of the most proficient bass players I've come across. Given the number of bands and artists that he's played with, he has the chops to really nail down the low end in a number of different genres and to do it with excellence. Chris, welcome to the show, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. You know, I've gotten to know you probably best in the last year, gotten to see you play with a number of different artists. I, I'm a former bassist. I'll, I'll yep, put yep. it that way. And what you what you do really astounds me. Well, you're you're way too kind. Well, Chris, all I can tell you is that it's well-deserved, my friend. So for those that don't know you and your work, give us your career rundown in a nutshell from the beginning. Oh, oh boy. Um, well, I started playing out back when I was in high school, um, just with, got together with a bunch of friends and then um, put together a band, my buddy Sam Brooker. Uh, we were all in high school together, Chris Hermes. Neil Gallagher was the drummer, and we played together for for years. Um, did tons and tons of shows around town, uh, up in Door County. Did lots of weddings, lots of parties, uh, and that was kind of the main main group for a long time. Um, I had done some other stuff. I got hooked up with a group out of Appleton called Nirvana, which was also kind of a private party wedding band, and then. Ended up down in Milwaukee for a number of years, uh, which was basically the the bones of the Sam Brooker band. But we had, uh, it was Gallagher on drums and then uh, Jamie Beckman on saxophone. And then we had Dennis Shepard or Joey Carini on guitar. Did that for uh, a number of years. We played at the Up and Under every week for uh, a few years doing uh, different jams and also played with a bunch of the blues groups down there, played with some original groups. The Us Project had a, a kind of a rock band called Revolver. And then I moved back to Green Bay, I think 2001, 2002, right around there. And I was still back and forth between Milwaukee with some of those gigs, but eventually I got hooked up with um, my buddy Paul Hanna. That's what really got me into the Green Bay music scene. Obviously, Paul knows everybody. So started getting out and playing with him, and you know, I've been playing with him ever since in a number of different areas. But from there, I started hooking up with a lot of the other local people. I played with Kurt Gunn for years, played with Daryl St. John, Dennis Panic, uh, Sarah Zacek. Had a kind of a bluesy group called the Flonious Monks with uh, Ricky and Bill Scholes and Eric Skenador. Then I'd done things with, uh, again, my buddy Dennis Shepard, who I played with forever. Uh, with the Dennis Shepard group, we put together a Hendrix thing called Up From The Skies. I did, a, I think, a year with the John Kelly's Fusion Express. 
and then I guess more recently over the past few years, I was doing a lot of stuff with uh, Pat Shore and Andy Klaus. Um, had a side project with Kurt Gunn called Poor Town Proper, and that was with Woody uh, Larson and Luke Heckel. And then, like we were talking about before, I, uh, in the last few years, got hooked up playing quite a bit with uh, Jay Stulo, fabulous blues guitarist out of Appleton area. That was with Tom Thiel, Tom Hansen. Had a solo project for a while with Paul Hanna. Paul and I have been working together for years and, and writing a lot together, and we, we put together this uh, sort of a project called Blackbird to finally start to record some of that music. And that was with John Stelzer, Chad Reislinger. A lot of recording over the last few years. I was really fortunate to get hooked up with uh, Mark Goldie down at Rock Garden. And he put me to work with uh, a lot of different people. Did an album for Michael Grabner, uh, The Stulo Thiel, which we had talked about, uh, David Fry, Fryman. Joe G, Joe Gustafson, uh, did some work on Tay's uh, first album. So, yeah, and other than that, I sub. <laughs> I sub with whoever calls. So I, I do stuff with Annex, with Big Mouth. Um, I love playing with the Chocolatiers, uh, Shaker and the Egg years ago. long time back, I played a summer with Unity, so got to work on the reggae chess, which was really fun. Uh, done some TV stuff with Frank for, with his third and short for the Larry McCarran show. And then recently got a chance to play, get back to playing some jazz with uh, my buddies from Cat Plan. Uh, that was a really, really fun gig doing the gypsy jazz stuff. So it's been a lot of stuff over yeah, 25, 30 years. A lot of stuff is kind of an understatement after that list. That uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 is that, very that, impressive. That, was, that wasn't really in a nutshell. I'm sorry. Oh, no. That, don't be sorry at all. That was so cool. Now, you mentioned Paul Hanna, and uh, recently you guys collaborated on a song called Hurricane. What What can you tell us about it? Yeah, that um, I write some some pretty rough stuff. Uh, I'm I'm not the greatest singer, not the greatest guitar player, and it's funny, but I'll I'll do a little crummy uh, phone recording, and I ended up sending that to Paul, and I think the next day Paul sends back this beautifully produced, amazing sounding song, and yeah, I was just blown away. And so I've I've always enjoyed doing that stuff with Paul, and we we work really well together. He's just got a knack for writing hooks and um, really cool melodic stuff. And he, he turns my very rough ideas into, you know, something much more polished. So, yeah, it's a really proud of the stuff we've done and looking forward to releasing more of it. Great. Well, we're going to play that track right now. Here's Paul Hanna with Chris Hannaway and Hurricane. Get back where you said you should be 
Chris, I've had the opportunity to hear you play both live and on several recordings, and you're able to adapt to a wide range of genres and styles, which has pretty much made you a first-call bassist. How do you go about switching gears between all the acts that you play with? Um, well, I guess uh, depending on the group, um, you know, my, my role can be different uh, every time, whether I'm playing in a, in a trio you know, a, a big, in a horn band, uh, doing the singer-songwriter thing, you know, playing classical music like I was with uh, John Kelly. You know, I've got a very different role in each one of those situations. And, you know, I need to fit my playing, my parts to, to support that, you know, to support the singer, um, the song. I mean, it's it's cliche, but but that's very very true for all musicians, and I think especially for um, for bass players for rhythm section. And you know, I'd like to think I've been successful in doing that because of the diversity in my background. 
played a lot of jazz, played a lot of blues. Uh, when I was in, in college, I studied music and, and I, you know, part of the program was we were required to play in the orchestra. And so they stuck me on double bass, which I was terrible at bowing, but all those different situations, I guess, you know, made me able to be flexible and to adapt. And I just try to approach each situation and, and how can I support the music? How can I support the singer? And um, that's the way that I look at it. Right. I mean, your ear must be highly developed. And two, with each genre, I mean, you got to have a different touch for each one. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy. I mean, I, I like bouncing between different projects and playing different styles and just all the different people that I get to play with. It's, it's such a pleasure. So. Now you have a number of bases. What are some of the models in your arsenal and are there any that have specific uses? Um, you know, I went through just like all musicians, especially guitarists, uh, bass player, drummers, I think are the same way. We are constantly chasing gear, you know, you, and I have literally tried everything at some point. I think they call it, you know, gear acquisition syndrome, um, which I definitely had for many, many years. And I think at my worst, I had 17 or 18, you know, pretty nice guitars, which was silly because you're only playing one at a time. And eventually I found a, the perfect fit for me with uh, Roger Sadowski um, out of New York. And once, once I got a hold of his, basically it's a jazz style, two, you know, single coil pickups. Uh, that just worked. The tone, the playability, the the build quality. So that really became my main instrument over the past probably eight or nine years. I have a four string and a five string. And I sold everything, everything else. And the only thing that I kept, because basically I look at the guitars as a, it's a tool. Uh, it's, it's a paintbrush. It's a different color. I know that sounds silly, but for my work, I always have to have a P bass. It's just, it's what you use in the studio. That's what, it just sits really well. I have a fretless. Um, if I need to add that flavor, I've got uh, a hollow body guitar. And then recently, you know, working with Tony at Jasper, the new Jasper bass was a different color. Was, you know, I didn't, when, when I was talking with Tony about, um, he was working on his design, I loved the idea that he was doing a short scale he was doing something a little bit different so it wasn't just another copy of a, of a jazz bass or you know it was something really unique and with his uh, system that he uses to vary the resonance we messed around a little bit with pickup placement changed a couple of things and I think really came up with something unique it's unlike anything else that's out there and and that's what I love about it and it's been just fabulous in certain situations. Um, you know, we he strung the new one with flat wound strings, and it just gives it a totally different character. I've been using it with um, Jay Stulo, works great on blues gigs. I just used it with Kurt Gunn at uh, Mile Music, and then I played it with uh, Cat Plan, the jazz group. And it's something that works perfectly in, in some of these situations. And I'm really looking forward to getting it in the studio because it just sits, especially with the flats on it, the way that it, it sits in a mix is is fabulous. So I, I cannot wait to record with it. 
And two, uh, just want to acknowledge the bassists that actually had a say in how this bass was formed. Um, what a collaboration that was. Folks, I want to take a minute to give a shout out to Jasper Guitar Company in Green Bay, Wisconsin. If you're a guitarist or a bassist, you owe it to yourself to try out one of these instruments. They combine the best build quality with patented technology to deliver instruments with tons of resonance and longer sustain than you'll find in most guitars. Heck, they even had NASA acoustic and vibration engineers verify it. So check out Jasper Guitars at jasperguitarcompany.com. Now, combined with the basses, you know, we got to talk about the rig. Do you have one standard rig that you use for everything, or are you a mix and match kind of player? Oh dear lord, um, <laughs> this this could be a longer list. And yeah, I I have way too much stuff. Uh, I've accumulated just like a lot of players do. Uh, every variation of cabinets um, got a number of different amps, but. As I've gotten older, it's just about simplicity and not having to carry a lot of really heavy stuff. So my main rig that I use, uh, I use a company called Bergantino. Jim Bergantino builds some really nice cabinets, and I use a 212 stack. One of them is powered, and then I just go I go direct in with a Sans amp. Um, if I need something bigger, you know, my old rig, for many years was an Eden 410 cab with a variety of amps. But yeah, I try to keep it as simple as possible now. Yeah, it seems like a lot of players are using that strategy now. So as you know, Chris, in any act, the rhythm section is the foundation of whatever is being played. You play with a number of different drummers. How do you go about locking in with any one of the drummers, especially like if it's the first time you're playing with that particular drummer? Well, sure. I guess my job is rhythm, is time, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, with my ear on the melodic and, and the harmony. But uh, for me to lock in with a drummer, number one, I'm going to listen to his, his foot. I'm going to listen to the kick. And then I'm going to listen to the hi-hat uh, to hear how the drummer is subdividing. And then uh, I think a little kind of maybe unorthodox thing that I do uh, is I watch how a drummer moves. Uh, I watch how their limbs move because I think that that gives a window into how they're subdividing in their mind. And that seems to, you know, that seems to help with locking up, you know, especially if it's somebody that I haven't played with before. Yeah, I've noticed uh, when you play live that you are literally facing the drummer. And I, I've wondered about it, and now I know. <laughs> So having played bass for several years in different bands and worship teams, my influences were guys like Duck Dunn and Tommy Shannon from Stevie Ray Vaughan's band, uh, Tim Chandler, who was played bass behind a lot of people. And uh, to some degree, I think John Paul Jones even. Any specific players that loom large as influences on your playing? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously those are... Uh, all hugely influential people. Duck Dunn is a, is a major one. Um, but for me, when I really got into into playing, uh, my, my biggest guy was probably Lee Sklar, you know, one of the most prolific studio guys on the planet. 
you know, I was, I was a huge Genesis fan when I was young. And because of that, I became a huge Phil Collins fan. And Lee Sklar was always his, his bass player. And so I grew up watching Lee play, listening to how he played, how he crafted lines. Um, and then by extension, uh, Pino Palladino also played quite a bit. You know, his lyric uh, fretless playing was something that I really gravitated uh, towards. And then eventually, probably uh, other than Lee Sklar, the bass player that I really tried to emulate most was Sting. I just, I loved his approach. You know, not a, not a flashy guy, but always the perfect part for the song. So Sting is a, is a major, major influence on, on my playing. You know, I've heard him say that the most important part of playing bass isn't the notes. Uh, it's the space between the notes. You want to speak to that? Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, but it's taken me many, many years to sort of incorporate more of that into my playing. As, you know, Mark Goldie would certainly attest to, he's, every time I'm in the studio, he's trying to get me to leave more space between the notes. And I think part of the reason my style was a little bit different than that is because of guys like Lee Sklar. You know, Lee Sklar was um, more of a glissando, filling up space. Also, you know, for years and years, I played with a number of trios where I'm filling up space. But then you look at the police, that's a trio. And some of my favorite stuff that Sting does, it's got that space. If you listen to, you know, So Lonely or uh, Roxanne, in fact, there's a great version of Roxanne uh, from years ago. It was on the Soul Cages live tour. And there's a great breakdown in the middle of that song where Sting is just playing these minimalistic lines, tons of, it just changes the feel and it opens everything up. So that's something I'm definitely, I'm trying to, to work more into my playing because I see the value of that now more than I used to. Yeah, those early police albums, I mean, the interplay between Stu Copeland and Sting is incredible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> so rhythm sections like, Let's take, for example, Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker from Cream. You know, I listened to a track like Crossroads, where during the verses, I mean, the two of them with Clapton are just so locked into each other, so tight. But then they get into these instrumental sections, and they just, they literally just go off in their own stratospheres. And then they're able just to bring it back in on a dime. And when the acts that you play with give you that kind of space, where do you like to go? Well, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That is some of my favorite playing. And I love that looseness. I love not knowing where a song is going to go. That That's my favorite moment is, is listen. Everybody's listening to each other and my job as the bass player is always to pay attention to time, to be locked in with the drums. But that's some of my favorite stuff that, you know, we we played like that uh, with the, the group Soul Mine. And then over the last 15, 20 years with all of my playing with Paul Hanna and his brother Craig Hanna and Neil Gallagher as well. You know, we've always kind of approached things that way where there's a certain looseness, everybody's listening and then 
I'll try to play off of the drums if he's giving me rhythmic stuff. I'll listen to what's going on with the guitar melody. And I can get outside changing up chord structure, but I've always got to have my mind on the time and make sure that I'm locked in with the drums. But but I, I love that. And I think that comes a lot from my, my jazz background. Um, you know, some of my favorite albums are, there's a, there's a Miles Davis album called We Want Miles. And um, my buddies and I used to listen to, you know, these crazy solo sections with, I think it was Stern, Mike Stern was, I think, the guitar player, and Marcus Miller was on bass. And, and they would get so far outside, but then it would just, it would always come right back in. And so that I, that is my favorite playing to do and fly by the seat of your pants. And that way everybody's kind of locked in together and you're working as, as a unit, which again, I know sounds kind of cheesy, but I just, I love that style. Yeah, nothing cheesy about it though. Well, we're going to turn the clock back here just a little bit to 2019 to that Stulo Thiel project. We're going to listen to a track called Miss You. And Chris, tell us a little bit about your involvement in the project. I was so happy to get the call from Jay uh, when he and Tom were put, putting this project together uh, years back. I had gotten away from playing blues for a number of years, and I missed it because I played a, a ton of blues when I was in Milwaukee. So I was really excited to be part of that project, and I was honored that they asked me to do it. And uh, I was super proud of that album. I think there's some great songs and, you know, just two fabulous guitarists. And then having Greg there to play drums was, you know, he just happened to be in town, I think, for the weekend. So it just, the stars aligned. And, yeah, I really enjoyed playing with those guys uh, consistently over the last several years. Well, we're going to give this one a listen. It's from the Ghosts Around Here album by Stulo Thiel. Here is Miss You. Crank it. Will miss 
Well, Chris, thanks for being our guest today on Into the Music. And where can our listeners find you online, hear your work, and uh, see you live? Uh, I guess any of the recordings that I've done uh, with Kurt Gunn, the side project, Poor Town Proper, Stu Will Feel, like you'd mentioned, uh, Michael Grabner, Tay, uh, and Joe, Joe G., Joe Gustafson, David Fry. Those are some of the studio works I've done over the last few years. Otherwise, I'm always around town, I'm usually playing with, uh, I think I've got a show coming up with Kurt and Amanda, a girl in the gun. I've always got stuff uh, with uh, Paul Hanna as well. Uh, and then you never know. If somebody calls me, I'll, I'll be out and about. Excellent. Well, thanks, Chris, so much for being our guest today and spending time with us. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rob. You bet. All right, folks, my guest today has been Chris Hannaway. Join me next time on Into the Music when my guest will be singer-songwriter Kurt Gunn. Take care and we'll catch you next time we get Into the Music. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Into the Music. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and odyssey.com. Drop us a line on our socials or email us at intothemusic at newprojectx.com. This show is copyright 2023 Project X Productions. Join us next time we get into the music. God bless and take care, everybody.